Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Knit Wit Show covering the latest and greatest in the world of video gaming, video games, gaming news, all of that very good stuff. Thank you so much for stopping by, saying hi, kicking it with me today. If you're watching this live, thank you so much for hanging out live and listening to this in the audio format. Hey, thank you for giving this show a listen. We have a huge amount of gaming news ahead of you. I can't even begin to describe all the stories that we're going to get into today. Uh, coming back and kind of uh, taking a closer look at some of the stories that we covered last week, um, especially once we get to multiverses and things like that. Um, but let's probably... Let's kick into it with probably the biggest news story. Um, not a not a big surprising one if you've been kind of following the the history of these two companies and things like that. But um, oh my goodness, uh, I can I can see some people freaking out right now. And well, here we go. I'm reading this off Video Game Chronicles. Tencent is reportedly seeking a larger stake in Ubisoft. The Gimo family, including CEO Gives. Yves, Yves, with with French names, I feel like, and French words, and excuse my ignorance, uh, as he as he prepares to say something mad ignorant. Um, with with French words, I feel like you have to like just give up like a third of the way through saying them, like just you know like you know uh, the Guillermo family, Yves. Uh, owns 15% of the company. So uh, Tencent is reportedly interested in acquiring a larger stake in French pu- uh, French publisher Ubisoft. That is your friends and mine over at Ubisoft, the Tom Clancy's people, the Assassin's Creed people, the Splinter Cell people. I mean, all Splinter Cell is part of is all part of the Tom Clancy stuff. Um, according to Reuters, uh, China, uh, China's largest gaming company, Tencent, which currently already owns about 5% of the Assassin's Creed publisher, is seeking a larger share of the company and has reached out to the French firm's founding Guillemot family and expressed interest in increasing its stake in the firm. Um, Tencent's been doing this for a while. You know, one of the big strategies is you know, investing a little bit here and there, um, some sometimes more, sometimes less than 5%, whatever the case may be, in some of these kind of more Western or, or you know, European-focused companies. Um, it is uh, unclear how much more of the company Tencent wishes to purchase. Ubisoft is currently valued at $5.3 billion. Um, or, you know, in other values, that is like one... Um, that is one costume that you can buy in uh, the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, just to let you know, not to make you feel old or anything. It's going to make me feel old. I guess I'm kind of already there in some cases. But uh, uh, Assassin's Creed is turning 15. 15! The 15th anniversary of Assassin's Creed. Which uh, which is pretty, pretty fucking crazy. But the thing is, is that like... Ubisoft's in a weird place. They just canceled a bunch of games. They canceled Ghost Recon Frontline, which uh, by all accounts and purposes was a terrible Battle Royale game. They were working on a Splinter Cell virtual reality game that got canceled. And, they also an- and then two unannounced games. Now, without like getting too into it, 
I can say that I have played some upcoming Ubisoft games. I have, I'm not, I don't think, I, I think when I signed the embargo or whatever, I said, yeah, I won't tell you what game it is. I won't say it. Um, that game has been in open beta for a while. I don't even know if that open beta is still, sorry, not an open beta. Correction. This was a closed beta that I got accepted to, uh, accepted into playing from Ubisoft for a game that I wasn't allowed to say my feelings on. I'll just say that it was terrible and they should have canceled that. They haven't, as far as I know, canceled this game that uh, I got the chance to play, but Ubisoft in a really weird, you know, really weird space, uh, delayed the Assassin's Creed game to spring of 2023. Um, focusing on maybe a smaller scale game for next year, in some cases, delayed that Avatar game. Remember, they're making another Avatar game. They did not learn their lesson the first time they made an Avatar game and are back at it with another one. Um... But regardless, that doesn't seem to be enough to maybe, you know, stop the, the circling vultures that are Tencent. And I, I, I'm not saying that, in, in, you know, one way or another, you know, Tencent's been doing its thing. There are people out there that have bad things to say about Tencent because of its affiliation with, with you know, China and the, and the Chinese government. And the way business may or may not be done in China. I am not an expert on Chinese business. I know, right? You're like, fuck, I was listening to the Nitwit show, and I was all ready to learn about how China does business. And then you know what that motherfucker said? He said, nope, I don't know nothing about the way China does business, and I was blown away. Anyways, Tencent, looking to maybe dig a little bit deeper into uh, the pockets of uh, the Gimo family specifically, and maybe own a couple more shares, couple more stakes in the company. Uh, we talked about this game, uh, yes, last week. Last week, this was our top story, and how quickly things have, uh, you know, turned around, turned for the worse. Well, you tell me. Multiverses, Warner Brothers uh, hit, I guess we can probably say call it a hit now, a hit uh, fighting game, uh, platform fighter. Uh, Multiverses Season 1 has been delayed along with Morty. Oh, jeez, Rick. Uh, the first season was due to launch August 9th. The first season of Multiverses has been delayed and has the release of its next playable character. So Multiverses was going, is going to do a very similar you know, kind of content rollout as a lot of these other live games, these updated online games of seasons. Um, reportedly, it's going to be caught. The season's going to cost you about 10 bucks with 50 tiers. Um... There is a preseason battle pass, which you can buy right now, which is only going to be running for about two weeks. Um, but the main season one battle pass is going to be 50 tiers and will cost about 10 bucks. Uh, but it has been delayed um, along with Rick and Morty. So, you know, it's just too smart. The thing is that you'll never understand Rick and Morty. It's just too smart for you. Rick and Morty is just, is just on another wavelength than us mere mortals. And as such, has been delayed. Um, I played a little bit of Multiverses. I finally got around to playing a bit of Multiverses. I did the tutorial, which you play as Shaggy. I think you play as Shaggy in the tutorial. And then I messed around a little bit with the only character that I currently have, 
um, to play as, which is Wonder Woman. And I beat, I'd have to look at my stats. I'm going to say I'm undefeated in multiverses. I could be wrong. Um, but yes, play a little bit of multiverses. That game seems cool. You know, that game seems to have a lot of promise, a lot of heart. Um, despite it being like this weird, just like kind of very naked corporate brand synergy type thing of like, well, Warner Brothers owns everything. So let's put, you know, uh, this is kind of getting ahead of news story. Actually, we're really going to talk about it. But rumors are that uh, Sub-Zero and uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat are going to be coming to multiverses. But right now you got Arya Stark, Game of Thrones, Shaggy, LeBron James himself, um, Batman, Superman. Wonder Woman, you know, Rick and Morty coming um, as part of multiverses. But anyways, I played a little bit of multiverses, and yeah, I don't mind it. It's cool. Um, it's fun to win. So I think the the next time I play it, if I lose, I'll probably just never play it again. Uh, but it is free to play and all that stuff. You can buy that preseason battle pass. Just keep in mind that that preseason battle pass is only supposed to be lasting a little bit longer. Uh, so if you're gonna get it, you better you better play it. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, uh, Activision, they never learn. Activision Blizzard never learns. This is a story out of GameIndustry.biz. Activision Blizzard accused of fighting against Albany Union. Um, when we were first talking about that Albany uh, Union story, we were kind of saying that uh, they you know didn't have any plans or weren't initially recognizing the union they weren't initially recognizing um the efforts uh put forth by former uh, formerly known as vicarious vision studio now uh blizzard albany um staff at blizzard albany have accused activision blizzard of trying to undermine its efforts to unionize According to Albany Game Workers Alliance, the group rallying for better working conditions at the studio, the publisher has rehired Reed Smith, an organization that offers union avoidance services in order to stall the recognition of a union. Instead of allowing, uh, and uh, this is from, this is a, this, I'm going to quickly read this quote here. Um, it's, it's an interesting one because it also calls out Microsoft, who is kind of stepping in it a little bit by purchasing um, or at least attempting to purchase all of uh, Blizzard, but let's, let's read what they have to say. Instead of following Microsoft's lead and committing to a labor neutrality agreement, Activision has made the clear and conscious decision to deny us our basic labor rights, while once again spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a union-busting union firm, the group said on Wednesday. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you, man, like... These people, these developers are trying to do the best that they can to make the best games possible, to make, you know, the best working conditions. And, you know, the people, you know, pulling the strings up at the top don't think that's good enough. They don't think that those working conditions matter. They don't think that the, you know, the dignity, the job security of these developers is, is worth it. They just want to pump out, you know, cheap garbage that's that's what i that's what i believe when i look at the, the the leadership when i think about where you know kind of the leadership and the and you know the studio heads um not studio heads you know the the, the publishing heads you're you're fucking um that moneyball motherfucker what's his name bobby kotick moneyball. i mean he was in moneyball but uh you think about bobby kotick and, and 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 those cronies that he runs with they don't give a shit about you they don't give a shit if you like Diablo, you know, four or not. They don't give a shit what you think about a forty-five dollar, you know, 
skin in um, Overwatch. They just want people to be worked to death so they can buy more yachts. It is as, it is, it is as simple as that. And I don't know, how, like, you'd have to be a fool to think it's any different. To be like, oh, yeah, Bobby Kotick really cares about how, you know, Modern Warfare 2 is shaping out. No, he fucking doesn't. Like, any of these people that are involved in the union. But I'm not saying that you don't care about video games. You don't care about good video games if you don't care about unions. I'm not going to go that far. I'm just saying that the people that are being hired, the people hiring these people to bust unions, could not give a shit about, you know, the people that are employed in their company they don't care about the games that are being produced by that company and it is just as simple as that uh continuing with the story it said that uh, activision blazers has chosen to delay recognition of our union in a futile effort to disband it but the group remains willing to engage with management productivity if activision blizzard king leadership will commit to high road labor standards in response to the gwa's allegations a activision blizzard spokes activision blizzard Activision Blizzard spokesperson said that the company is looking to instead hold a studio-wide vote on unionization for staff at Blizzard Albany. What? That doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like trying to, you know, squash this. But I bet that that, you know, that vote will not be made under the best circumstances, right? There's going to be pressure involved. There's going to be all sorts of shit involved. Um, and I'll just kind of wrap it up by reading this. Um, Given the significant impact this change could have for roughly 150 people in Albany, we believe every employee in Albany who works on Diablo should have a direct say in the decision. Spokesperson Rich George said in a statement to, uh, to uh, Kotaku, it should not be made by fewer than 15% of the employees. So basically they're saying that only 15% actually want to unionize, only 15% actually care, and they're banking on spooking um, you know, the other percentage um, to not unionize. That's a bummer. There's a more, there, but there's more Blizzard bummer news. Um, so, again, Blizzard just continues to be kind of a hot mess, uh, you know, even when they're not trying to sell you $45 um, Overwatch uh, skins. Blizzard and NetEase have reportedly canceled a World of Warcraft MMORPG for mobile sorry not world of warcraft a warcraft mmo rpg though i'm assuming it would have been similar to world of warcraft um according to bloomberg uh this is again from video games chronicle according to bloomberg the game was going to be a massively multiplayer online role-playing title set in the same universe as world of warcraft so duh the people that made world of warcraft were going to probably make world of warcraft for phones Codename Net Neptune, it was reportedly planned as a spin-off of Blizzard's long-running PC title set in a different time period. It's claimed the, the game was in works for three years with a team of over 100 NetEase developers attached to the project prior to its cancellation. Blizzard and NetEase, which uh, publishes World of Warcraft in China and is also a co-creator of Diablo Mortal, are said to have canceled the mobile game following a dispute over financial terms for the title. We just can't sell enough loot boxes, guys. We just can't. Oh, we just can't put enough shit in this game for people to buy. Is, I guess, how that argument went. That's probably how that argument went. Blizzard was probably like, guys, we are getting murdered online. We have so many mean tweets. So many people are mad at us over the way we do business. 
that we cannot in good conscience, and which is surprising considering the idea that anyone, you know, involved in these high-ranking business decisions, especially at Blizzard, have a conscience. But I don't mean to dehumanize these people. They're probably just suits. I don't know. I get it. It is what it is. But um, they canceled the game. They worked on that for three years. That's a long time. That's a long time with 100 people. Um, I hope that Blizzard and NetEase kind of figure out their relationship. Um, Diablo Immortal, I think, has potential, but uh, I have completely fallen off playing Diablo Immortal. And uh, we're going to actually cover Diablo Immortal later on in the uh, in the show, but um, I think Blizzard and NetEase got to figure this shit out. I think Blizzard in general needs to figure its shit out because... What is Microsoft buying at that point besides a bunch of broken promises and hot messes like left and right? They're just going to buy a bunch of fires to put out like how are you supposed to put these games on Game Pass? How are you supposed to make turn around and make these games, you know, system sellers um, in some cases, especially when it comes to some of these, you know, Activision titles and stuff like that? I don't know. But it seems like things aren't going great for Blizzard. But again, things aren't going great for Activision in general um and sometimes they do it to themselves in some cases they just get screwed another story from video games chronicles call of duty modern warfare 2 multiplayer screenshots leaked by multiple la rams players so like i said sometimes blizzard does it to themselves sometimes activision does it to themselves in this case you just get a bunch of people who don't know how embargoes work they don't know how you know trade secrets work and all that stuff um cameron dicker i'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name because his instagram uh handle i believe is dicker the kicker so cameron dicker a player for the la rams posted an image of the lobby screen of modern warfare which he's clearly playing at an event other images which can be uh, seen below this is go to the video games chronicle store if you want to see the pictures have also been posted with similar hashtag COD partner branding. However, the usernames have been cropped off. Okay, I can't. Good news is I can't hack Dicker the Kicker's, um, you know, Call of Duty account. Which I guess is nice. According to Charlie Intel, the event was organized for LA Rams players to try out the game. It appears that Dicker has been made aware of his embargo break as he has since deleted the below image and instead replaced it with a more generic logo. A few seconds of gameplay footage have also appeared from this event. Quentin Lake, another LA Rams player, posted the quick video to his Instagram story. Crucially, and this is where, you know, kind of the leaks actually start to happen. It's not just that they're playing the game, but like there's there's shit that they're showing off. As part of this, uh, crucially, the images appear to confirm DMZ, the Escape from Tarkov-like mode, which has been rumored for some time. Activision will unveil new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 de uh, details this Sunday. Dude, come on. They can't even, like, keep, a, like, like, wraps on Call of Duty, right? Like, man. The thing is, with some leaks, I think we're getting to this point now, um, especially with some of these companies in terms of are they actually leaking this stuff um, unintentionally, right? Like, is this stuff coming out in a way that is out of their control? Or are they saying, ah, you know, it's the LA Rams. Like, you know, this might be a way to build up some hype. Some people might be a fan of, of Cameron Dicker and, uh, you know, might be interested to see what he has to say about Call of Duty. So let's just let them leak it. You know, we were going to announce it anyways. 
go ahead, go ahead. I don't really know. But uh, in this case, you know, you take some celebrities, take some uh, sports, you know, uh, players, uh, sports players, athletes, as they're more commonly called. And next thing you know, they're leaking shit left and right. This is our last uh, Activision and Blizzard story. It's maybe the craziest one because I feel like the company that is Activision Blizzard King, all those companies, all under one house. I don't think we could have this story without the nonsense that this company currently deals in when it comes to microtransactions, when it comes to loot boxes, when it comes to the way they monetize their games, when it comes to everything. I'm going to read this headline and you tell me what you think. Diablo Immortal player says he lost access to player versus player games after spending $100,000 on microtransactions. My matchmaking record is now so high that I literally can't get a battleground match. How about that? All of a sudden, you know, you have these games where you can buy stuff that makes you better at the game, that gives you upgrades and, and all this access to, to stuff that you would, you know, normally have to, you know, uh, excuse me, normally have to play for a certain period of time. This guy goes out and spends $100,000 on basically upgrades, real, real money. And said he may seek a refund after losing access to player versus player games. I hope, first of all. I'm not saying that these microtransactions are good. I don't think we should live in a world where you can spend $100,000 on something like Diablo Immortal and end up losing access to the competitive multiplayer of all things, right? Like, first of all, I don't think we should have $100,000 worth of stuff to buy in these games in general. But if you do, you should not lose access to the games as part of that. Um, this is content creator. It's... Uh, uh, Content creator JT is all business posted a YouTube video about his predicament, which he said he's been facing for a month and a half. Man, I didn't even play Diablo Immortal for a month and a half. During that time, he said he's probably spent 48 to 72 hours attempting to queue for a Battlegrounds player versus player game without success, which is reportedly because of his unrivaled matchmaking ranking. So I guess he just got too powerful, beat some people. Um, oh, it, it says here he has somewhere between 300 and 450 victories and just three loss. So why the fuck would I f well, like, okay, all right. So I maybe feel a little bad that he lost access to the multiplayer. But if I'm trying to play multiplayer, why the fuck would I like fight somebody who spent $100,000 in this game? I have no chance, no chance in hell. Might as well be fine trying to fucking sue Vince McMahon. You'll have just as much luck. Um, he said he first contacted Blizzard about the issue over a month ago via live chat and was directed to make a forum post about it, which he did. Um, after Blizzard failed to respond to his forum post, JT is all business said he attempted to raise the issue by contacting Blizzard employees via Twitter. That's awesome. Yeah, go ahead and fucking harass. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying he harassed Blizzard employees, but so often I'm covering news stories almost every week about fucking game developers being bugged and being approached in ways that they shouldn't. I'm not saying he did or didn't, but when I hear that he contacted Blizzard employees via Twitter, I get a little worried. In response, he was reportedly told that the issue was related to his skill level and that Blizzard hoped to resolve it in a few weeks, but that the company couldn't say for sure. 
Uh, I'm going to read this quote here and, uh, you know, maybe try to wrap this story up, but let's, let's hear what he has to say. So now I'm in a situation where I've spent a considerable amount of money, around $100,000 on this game, and I have a character that has not been able to do the thing that I like to do the most in this game, which is Battlegrounds. Uh, JC said the issue is impacting his ability to make money from the game as a content creator and he has considered consulting a lawyer after failing to get an adequate response from Blizzard. No, 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 no. I hate to turn on this JT is all business guy. You you spent the money, dude. You, you put a hundred, like... I don't think it matters whether you put... $20, $30, $40 into this game. Like, the fact is, is that you bought into a broken game. Like, I don't have a lot of sympathy for this guy. And you might think, well, it's because you're just jealous that you don't have $100,000 to spend in a game. And motherfucker, if I had $100,000 to spend in a video game, first of all, it wouldn't fucking be Diablo Immortal. Like, don't don't for a second think that, like, despite the fact that I have had an okay experience with Diablo Immortal, that I think that game is worth putting $100,000, you know, dollars into. I put fucking, like, less than 10 bucks into that fucking game, okay? Maybe, maybe, maybe 15. I forget. I'd have to check the receipts, but I got receipts in case you in case you doubt me. Point is, it's hard to feel sorry for a guy who put $100,000 in. I think next time you want to blow $100,000, give it to fucking charity. Give it to fucking anything else. And if you have $100,000 to spend on a video game and then turn around and say that it is impacting your ability to make money, maybe consider investing in better video games. Straight up. Just straight up. Like, you know, that's a bad investment. I feel sorry for him the way I feel sorry for people who invested in Bitcoin, invested in crypto, meme stocks, all that bullshit. My matchmaking record is now so high that I literally can't get a battleground match. So my question is now, my question now is, do I just not do anything about this or should I hire a lawyer and refund this account and see what happens? Fuck them. That's what I say. Fuck them. Um, don't spend that kind of money and you won't run into this problem. Don't make bad investments and you won't be screwed by the bad investments that you make later on. Um, that is going to be uh, kind of our halfway point of the show. We are gonna take a very quick break and we'll be right back, so stick around. <laughs> Welcome back to the Nitwit Show, coming at you with more news. And this is probably the news story I've been the most excited to cover. Um, so put it right in the middle of the podcast, I guess. AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Fight Forever, reveals its match types and more. So, All Elite Wrestling. Everyone's, the internet's favorite most hated wrestling company which is funny because if you're going to hate a wrestling company AEW is probably the last one you should be hating on well I can probably think of other wrestling companies that you could hate on you know um but anyways point is there are people out there that hate on AEW and those people are crazy um they do fantastic work Orange Cassidy Gotta love Orange Cassidy. And finally, you can play as Orange Cassidy in AEW Fight Forever. 
They've announced a handful of match types, including singles matches, tag team matches, three-way, four-way, ladder matches, casino battle royale matches, falls count anywhere, exploding ring barbed wire death matches, and some, and I'm reading this from IGN, some good old-fashioned unsanctioned fun with lights out matches, which will see wrestlers brawl with weapons in the ring. So that game's coming out soon. I don't think they have a release date for this yet. I still don't think we know when this game is coming out. Let's I'm going to click on this Twitter link. It doesn't give me a date, but the good news is that your friends of mine over at THQ Nordic um, will be publishing the game. It is coming out on PC, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series S and X, as well as Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. You can take your AEW on the road. I don't know if it's going to be Steam Deck compatible. So when we say PC, we mean sit your ass down in front of the computer and play this motherfucking game, so to speak. Um... I am looking forward to this game. I am really excited about this game. I am a big fan of AEW. I think they're doing uh, terrific work. Most weeks of television are fabulous, if not pretty darn good. Um, last week, or I guess yesterday-ish, whenever you're listening to this, the, mo the last time I saw an AEW show was last night. The point is... It's fabulous. Um, now, with the roster, I don't know if they've confirmed the entire roster just yet. Um, let me see if I can actually find that. Uh, AEW game roster. They've showed off some more screens. They've showed off some more footage of the game. The game's shaping up to look okay. Like, you know, graphically and all that stuff. Like, I think the game looks okay. But um, I am reading this. And I'm going to. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, here's a list of confirmed. I'm going to read you a list of confirmed people because I'm excited about this game and I'm going to tell you all the people that are in it. Uh, these are the confirmed wrestlers said to be playable in AEW Fight Forever Abaddon, Hangman Adam Page, Britt Baker, DMD, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Darby Allin, Hikaru Shida. Jade Cargill, John Moxley, Jungle Boy, Kenny Omega, Chris Statlander, Nick and Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks, Nyla Rose, Owen Hart, Thunder Rosa, and Yuka Sakazaki. I don't think that's going to be the full list of characters. For one, we don't even have the ass boys. They haven't even announced the ass boys. You can't even play as FTR currently. Uh, well, at least I'm assuming you can't currently play as FTR. Where's Danhausen? Danhausen should have like the most stats of anyone. He should be like 99 and everything. Mm, maybe Luchasaurus should be 99 and everything. Point is, is I want to play as uh, I want to play as Jim Ross. I want to throw my hat at people as Jim Ross, and then um. I want to play as Jim Ross. I want Jim Ross in an exploding ring barbed wire death match. Also, there's no coffin match. You know, they, they announced a coffin match for, I guess, next week on Dynamite at Quake by the Lake. No coffin match currently announced, confirmed. 
for the game, but you do have Darby Allen. Um, there's still a ton of people. I don't even want to list all the people that could potentially be in the the men's division, let alone the women's division, right? Like currently, you know, just a handful of people not announced. No Ty Conti, no Ruby Soho, no Bunny, no Athena, Tony Storm, Anna Jay haven't been announced. They also don't have a, a huge list of um, legends. I really hope that if there's any legend, joke about Jim Ross all you want. I love Jim Ross. Except for the part where sometimes his commentary leaves a little bit to be desired, at least currently. Of all the legends they should possibly have in the game, there are two legends they need to have, as far as I'm concerned. One is Sting. They need to have Sting. If you're going to have Darby Allen, you need to have Sting. There's no other way around it. But I also think you really need, probably more than any other character in the game, you need Brody Lee. You need Brody Lee... Dark Order needs Brody Lee. This game needs Brody Lee. They're already, you know, you know. Cody Rhodes is probably going to be in this game. If that hasn't been confirmed already, Cody Rhodes is probably going to be in this game. I believe Kenny Omega said as much. But if we're talking legends, it need, you need to have Brody Lee. Simple as that. Um, that game is supposed to be coming out this year. Sometime this year, they might have like a quick, quick release of, you know, late September, early October. That's what I suspect would be happening. Maybe they can time it around all out or something. Um, when is all out that all out is their next big pay-per-view. All out is Sunday, September 4th. Okay. That might be a little too soon, too soon, man, too soon. Um, are they going to have the trios tag team champions in this game right like th that's the problem with a lot of wwe games is when they come out they are immediately out of date i mean look at the last game there were so many people in the roster for that last wwe 2k uh, 22 game that were not part of the company anymore you know a wide variety of characters from that roster that were playable in that game were just fucking gone from the company before the game even came out. Just fucking crazy. Just shit like that. Now, I don't think AEW is going to run to that same issue. At least I don't suspect they're going to. But stuff moves so quickly in this in this wrestling world, right? You know, especially with, you know, a guy like Vince firing people left and right or Tony Khan changing his mind or introducing belts that, you know, you know, championships that don't get you know, shown on TV for a couple of weeks, couple of months. Can you play as the all Atlantic champion pack? Who, who knows, right? Like you'd like to think that they're going to have the TBS title. They're going to have the TNT title. They'll have, you'd like to think that they're going to have, like, are they going to have ring of honor stuff, right? Like if Wheeler Yuta is a playable character in that game is Claudio Castanoli, the current ring of honor champion is he going to be in that game who knows i feel like if they don't have ring of honor stuff okay here's the thing i'm not saying that they should sell additional characters for this game i don't want to give them any more money for this game than i already have to 
but I think there are two routes that they or two, you know, releases that they can do that I think wouldn't be the worst idea. One, I think that they should do a, you know, a Ring of Honor DLC pack. I don't know what that would look like, but if you're if Claudio Castagnoli is not going to make the launch of that game two months from now, put them out. Maybe charge 15, 20 bucks, whatever they're going to call whatever. I don't know. But maybe you do a pack where it's like, hey, you're going to get, you know, the pure title. Maybe, you know, they put Wheeler Yuta and Castanoli in there together for, for Ring of Honor, um, pure and world title stuff. Maybe include six man stuff if you're going to do trios in, in, in the AEW. Like there's a lot of ways that this can go. Uh, the other thing I think they should do is I think they should put New Japan guys in this game. I really, I really hope they do. I really think they should, um, because I think you know, with the success of Forbidden Door, I think it only makes sense. Where is El Phantasmo? Why, like, they should let you play as El Phantasmo. I want to recreate the moment where El Phantasmo tries to twist Sting's nipples in that Forbidden Door match that they had. AEW New Japan crossover show. Anyways, you can tell, I think you can tell I'm excited to try that game. Hopefully it's good. Most wrestling games are fucking dog shit. And I know because I've put a lot of time into WWE 2K20. I have put more time into WWE 2K20 than I even care to admit. Like seriously, uh, I'm actually going to look it up because I think when I tell you, I'm probably left it on pause for a little bit, but uh, a couple of times. But oh, I'm not even, no, I'm not even going to tell you the hour. That's almost 100 hours. It's almost 100 hours, almost 100 hours playing that god-awful game, just fucking around playing the game. That's too much time. God help us all. God help me. How about we talk about Nintendo? I feel like I always leave Nintendo stories to last, and I don't mean to. Um, it's just that they are kind of in their own bubble. They're kind of in their own world. That being said, we're in this like weird like pre-recession bubble. So, you know, they're maybe not making the same moves they could be making. They may, may not be doing the same things they could be doing. Uh, but Nintendo will not be announcing new hardware this year. To which I say, yeah, I don't think they have time to announce and release new hardware this year. Uh, Furukawa says the plan is to manufacture enough Switch consoles to reach its sales goal. The Switch is old man i'm gonna tell you right now the switch is starting to feel like some real i don't want to say outdated but getting pretty dated uh in terms of in terms of hardware and i know xenoblade you know xenoblade chronicles you know three just came out people are happy about that people playing xenoblade they're playing all these 2d hd games and the latest 2d and hd games wait is it called 2d hd or hd 2d it doesn't matter uh hd 2d is the name of my uh robot character in the new star wars show it fucks c3po point is that the nintendo switch came out in march of 2017 is now august 2022 and and i'm only saying that because when the switch console came out it wasn't the most powerful thing on the planet even back then you know trying to split the difference of the hybrid of like oh i can play it as a handheld i can dock it to the tv i can you know whip out the kickstand for my rooftop parties where we're playing and you know wii sports or whatever but the fact is that that, that console is straight up getting a little dated in my in my humble opinion um I don't know 
I don't know what they're going to do. Um, there's been a decline in hardware and software sales year on year for three months. You'd like to think that, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3 are games that could have benefited from the new hardware that Nintendo is almost certainly working on. They put out that OLED model. They're putting out that, you know, they're, they're putting out the Splatoon 3 edition of that OLED model. But what else? Not a whole lot. Not a lot of games. They got Pokemon. They got Bayonetta. They got Breath of the Wild eventually. Not a whole lot else Nintendo has. And... I would love to have a good reason to play my Switch, but every time I fire it up, that hardware just feels a little too dated. Um, the games don't quite connect with me. And also, Nintendo Nintendo prices their games at premium prices. They hardly ever go on sale. You know, you can probably find a new copy of Breath of the Wild for full price, like regular price. That's just what Best Buy is selling it for. That's what Walmart's selling it for, whatever, right? Yeah, you might find it on sale, but like on sale is like 20 bucks off. Nintendo keeps its prices pretty high because Nintendo is the Disney of gaming. They know that and they know that there are a large portion of people. You know, think about the Disney adult for a second. I'm not, I don't want to pick on the Disney adult, but you have these adults that love everything Disney. And Disney is a pretty complicated company now because you have Marvel and you have Lucas, you have Star Wars, you have fox and, and all this stuff but you know these adults that are going to disneyland going to disney world they're going to the disney expos they're doing all this stuff and they just love disney and they'll eat it all up and at times disney charges you know these adult prices these you know these higher end prices for its goods its services its you know products right i think nintendo kind of follows Disney in, in some ways because they know that there ain't no they know there ain't nothing like Mario there ain't nothing like Donkey Kong there ain't nothing like Pikmin there ain't nothing like Splatoon Zelda there's you know Nintendo does what others can't or that's the saying right N Nintendo anyways um, additionally Nintendo reiterated that it believes the Switch is still in the middle phase of its life cycle and it's seeking a sixth year of growth for the platform aided by the new OLED model and diverse software lineup I hope that it all works out for the Nintendo Switch I hope that one day I turn on my Nintendo Switch and I have a good time Nintendo sold a further 3.43 million Switch consoles in the last quarter compared to 4.45 during the same period last year bringing these systems life to date total to 111.08 million consoles uh, earlier this year, the Switch was already confirmed as Nintendo's best-selling home console of all time, beating the Wii's 101.63 million. However, it still has a way to go before it matches Nintendo DS's 154 million units sold and the Game Boy and Game Boy Colors 118. So, the Switch is already the most popular Nintendo console of all time. It does not beat their handhelds, which just goes to show that, like, say what you will about Nintendo for their console stuff, but, like, their handheld just ruled with an iron fist, and it's interesting to see the Switch 
cater to those handheld, but it seems to be more catering to the 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 consoles, uh, you know, console fan base. At least I think because the people that are out there, it's not like the people that are out there that bought DSs, that bought Game Boy Colors aren't aren't around anymore. I mean, some might be, but <laughs> the people that bought, you could convince someone who bought a DS to buy a Switch. I just don't know what it takes, um, but hopefully Nintendo uh, figures it out. Um, speaking of companies, I hope figure it out. Oh my goodness. EA Electronic Arts says single player games are a really important part of its portfolio, but very reliable live services are expected to continue to dominate sales. Well, of course, right? You know, they make money hand over fist with something like Apex Legends, something like the, you know, EA Sports games where you can buy new shoes for your football guy or you can buy packs of cards to make your ultimate team better. You can buy skins, you know, for your different uh, legends in, in um, Apex Legends. But they all seem to be working on or at least focusing on, you know, single player stuff. Star Wars, Jedi Survivor. They're showing off teaser trailers for stuff like that. The Dead Space remake, which is pretty, pretty far away, but, but, but coming out. Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, there's also rumors um, that EA is working on a single-player open-world Black Panther game, and uh, just recently, this is this is hot from today. Rumors suggest a new Iron Man game coming from EA. So EA could be getting into the Marvel game, which I mean, we we talked about it last week. No Eidos, no Square Enix to make um, Marvel games anymore. I mean, Marvel Spider-Man, which was out on the PlayStation 4, is coming out on on PC, but not a ton of companies making triple A big budget um, Marvel games right now. So EA reportedly working on not just a Black Panther open world game, but a Iron Man game as well. Maybe that's what they mean when they say that single player games are really fo important to us. Maybe they're trying to say, yes, I know we haven't made like a good single player game in a while or we haven't focused on a significant number of single player games in a while. But these story based single player games are coming, y'all. They are coming. The question is, do you think any of them will be good? I mean, Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order was a game that people liked that was super undercooked. It was super half baked. It was fucking more half baked than Dave Chappelle um, when it uh when it came out right you know they i think they got there with updates and patches but that's a situation where you paid full price for that game and uh was i just want to confirm was was dave chappelle in half-baked did i actually get that reference right i'm pretty sure dave chappelle wasn't half-baked yeah dave chappelle wasn't half-baked okay um you can ex you please understand that i've maybe lost interest in most things dave chappelle uh in recent times uh, but that's only because uh unlike him i don't I don't hate trans people. Point is, is uh, you know, Star Wars a Jedi Fallen Order was um, kind of a half-baked game when it came out. Um, they got around to it, and there definitely seems to be a focus from EA with Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which that de with that Dead Space remake, um, Mass Effect. Uh, who can say? The problem is that I don't necessarily trust EA to come through with a large amount of these single-player games. It's as simple as that. Some of these games have fallen flat. Some of these games have had funky, you know, business deals in them. You know, remember the last Dead Space game? That last Dead Space game tried to sell you real, like, you know, charge you real money 
for like upgrades and resources to like upgrade your guns and all this bullshit. The loot boxes that were in Mass Effect. Now keep in mind, like Mass Effect 3's multi it was multiplayer that had that loot box stuff, but like, come on. These people shipped a, a, a broken, miserable Battlefield game in Battlefield 2042. Now, in fairness, I played a little bit of Battlefield 2042. I didn't hate it, but I also think that it seems to be a big disappointment for hardcore uh, Battlefield fans more than anything. And, and of course, that was a multiplayer focused game. So EA definitely seems to be like stepping in it when it comes to their multiplayer games, stepping in it when it comes to their single player games. They announced that Skate was going to be a free to play game. I... I'm very excited about Skate. I think making Skate free to play, regardless of whether it is, regardless of how much multiplayer is in it, I'm probably going to play Skate as a single player game. But man, they say they're focusing on single player games and I just haven't been convinced. I'm just not seeing it. But the problem is that so many of these games are being delayed because of COVID, because of you know working conditions and all this stuff, the complicated nature of developing games. So I would love it. If uh, if Nintendo, uh, sorry, if Nintendo, if uh, Microsoft, uh, you know, Game Pass, you know, continued to focus on single player games, if Sony continued to focus on single player games, because the fact is, I don't see EA, I don't see Activision really stepping up when it comes to these single player story focused games. I think you're going to be better off looking to Microsoft. I think you'll be better off looking to Sony, even looking to Nintendo for some single player focused games because EA's track record of recent doesn't leave me with a lot of hope. Their focus on trying to split the difference between multiplayer and single player and free to play doesn't leave me with a ton of hope. And I'm just left feeling a little complicated about the whole thing. Like call me Avril Lavigne, but EA, why you gotta make things so complicated? Uh, we're gonna take our final break. Uh, we're gonna cover some stuff that I've been playing um, what I'm looking forward to, kind of just some just some quick thoughts, maybe not necessarily related to news, and we'll be right back. Take it easy, um, but come back. Hello and welcome back to the show. I want to quickly talk about some of the games that I've been playing. Selfishly, I want to make this, I want to make the Nitwit show all about me. At least for just a moment. So I want to cover some of the games that I've been playing. Um, last week I finished up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, talking about, you know, Eidos, Montreal, Square Enix, and all these dang single-player games. I finished Guardians of the Galaxy last week. And man, what a fabulous game. Like, it, I think there are some issues. I, I, I And I'm going to cover some of those issues with this game um, right here, right now. But overall, I just want to say it's a fabulous game. I think the combat really starts to drag uh, towards the end. Their idea of complicated combat scenarios is basically just throw more guys at you. So you just spend more time shooting guys and spend more time managing um, your team. I even think there are moments in the story that kind of drag a little bit towards the end. In the end, I think it sticks to landing um, and I'm pretty happy with the game overall. Um, so I want to say if you're on, if you have game pass, uh, if you get the chance to check out Gardens of the Galaxy, um, I think I, I think Gardens of the Galaxy works as both. If you are a fan of Gardens of the Galaxy, I think you will not be disappointed. But I also think if you are looking for a you know 
straightforward, awesome, you know, consistent single player story based game, action focused, a little bit of puzzles, a little bit of running around, that sort of game. You know, similar to your Uncharted, similar to your Tomb Raider, similar in some ways to your Mass Effects. Like, speaking of Mass Effect, like, Mass Effect's influence on Gardens of the Galaxy is fabulous because I spent so much time just walking around my ship. Like, in between, you know, so basically you have a a ship that has, you play Star-Lord, I should mention, you, play as, you only play as Star-Lord in this game, but as Star-Lord... You are kind of captaining the ship with uh, Drax, Groot, uh, Gamora, and Rocket, and you know it's a game that it's a game that features a, a ship that feels very lived in. You know, people got beer and 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 snacks and stuff in the fridge, and that fridge door is always broken, no matter how many times you close that door. Uh, it will always reopen, and they've written a ton of fun dialogue around, you know, going into Groot's, you know, going into Groot's room and like, oh, Groot, you know, Groot lives at the bottom of the ship and he's basically running a little garden or, you know, Rocket's always trying to fix the ship or, you know, Drax is reading a book on sarcasm because he, he's trying to learn. He doesn't understand. Um, but the choices that you get to make um, are not very impactful. This is not some, you know, telltale style game this is not some mass effect style game where you're changing the ending no the ending of the game is the ending of the game spoilers i guess the choices that you make will not like necessarily impact but it will change how people talk to you and the dialogue like the thing is that like even if nothing changed in that game even if i knew you know up front that nothing changed about that game when I made choices i still think the dialogue and the story and the characters are well written enough to make it worth it almost worth it to the point that um i would be willing to consider replaying it just to see what those reactions are um there are also a lot of costumes and collectibles and i did not get all of those not that i necessarily plan on going back um i have moved on to another game um but i just want to quickly say guardians of the galaxy fabulous game really enjoyed it can't believe i slept on it one of last year's uh best games as far as i'm concerned uh Moving on to a more recent game, a game that came out this year, Dying Light 2 Stay Human. I loved Dying Light 1. I was late getting to Dying Light 1, but once I finally played it, and I did play through the expansion, um, the following expansion, I just loved Dying Light 1. So when Dying Light 2, you know, came out, I thought to myself, fabulous. Um... Let's, you know, let's I'm sign me up. I'm ready for more zombie parkour first person role playing game action stuff. Sign me up. Then they started talking about, you know, their uh, their plans for the game, the development that they've, you know, they focus so much on like story choice and they're like, oh, there's factions in the game. You can choose whether it would ally with the cops or the people and there's faction stuff. And oh, by the way. There's 500 hours worth of gameplay in this game. And I thought, what? 500 hours? What do you think this is? Destiny 2? Like, what do you think this is? World of Warcraft? Like, 500 hours for a game that is... It can be... I mean, there is multiplayer. You can play with co-op. You know, you can play with other people. They can drop into your game, drop out, all that stuff. But for a game that can be played as a single-player game, you're telling me there's 500 hours, like, at launch? And I know they've, they're selling expansions... 
and they're selling all sorts of stuff for the game um you know extra content and they announced that there will be free updates to the game for five years uh plus you know the stuff that you can pay for and buy but 500 hours seems like a lot so once i started to play the game and actually got into it i think i'm starting to realize where how would i put it i don't think i'm going to put 500 hours into this game I feel very confident in saying that I don't think I'm going to put 500 hours into Dying Light 2. Um, I can tell you that I'm almost at 12 hours in the game. And I feel like around the 12 hour mark, I'm starting to have an, an acceptable amount of fun. I'm going to say that it, within, that it took me about 12 hours to feel like I started having a decent amount of fun in the game. And I don't know if that is like an acceptable amount the reason why i say that is because i put 70 hours into dying light and i feel like i had a ton of fun with dying light you know kind of from from start to stop in a lot of cases right i am 12 hours you know into dying light 2 and i just feel like i'm starting to have fun so the the problem with dying light 2 is i think it is much more of a slow burn um than dying light one so the fact that this game really comes across as a as a slow burn does make me wonder if that's what they were kind of getting at when they talked about the idea that this game would could take you 500 hours because the intro to the game takes about an hour or two to really get into the open world maybe maybe i would say maybe closer to two to three hours ish to really feel like you have an understanding of the open world that is in front of you um, but the progression, the character unlocks, the way that you, 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 you level up your character is so tedious. It is so slow and it is paired with at least up front, some pretty boring story missions and gameplay. There was a moment where I was like, am I even going to get like 20 hours into this game before I call it quits? Like I was seriously wondering that I was like, you know, I I'm willing to commit a decent amount of time to dying light too. even if it takes me six months to get to 70 hours even if it takes me six weeks to get to 70 hours i am you know or, or something like that i'm willing to i'm willing to commit to this game if if this game if this game connects with me but it's a pretty slow boring tedious and kind of rough um opening bit and i feel like i'm more confident now 12 hours in than i was you know, three hours in, four hours in. But uh, there's some pretty bad stealth gameplay in Dying Light 2. A lot of you sneaking into, like... Um, the, the thing is about Dying Light 2 is it is this combination of, you know, like, first-person, you know, melee action, and then you're climbing, right? Your ability to climb up any wall and, and building in the game, running across, you know, telephone lines and climbing up ladders and jumping off rooftops and diving off of cars and drop kicking zombies like it's a very fast very fluid movement to uh dying light 2 right one of the best things about dying light is it's it's parkour it's it's ability to to move around the mobility that you have in that game but they have up front put a lot of stealth into it so you are creeping into interior environments and you are basically walking around creeping around a bunch of sleeping zombies while a handful of other zombies like patrol the area 
And if that zombie sees you, it'll wake up all the other zombies and basically you just have to fight the zombies. And, you know, the weapons break and the way that you repair the weapons is not the same as it was in the first game. And I think for worse, I think that the weapon durability and, and, and stuff in Dying Light 2 has proven to be more of a pain in the ass in my opinion, um, than it was in the first game. Now, I'm not a fan of weapons breaking in games in general. I think, give me a weapon, let me, let me, I should be able to take that weapon from the beginning to the end of the game uh, if I want to, or whatever. Maybe there's a story reason that, you know, the weapons change, or whatever the case may be, but um, I'm willing to repair weapons, I'm willing to craft weapons, I'm, I'm even willing to look up resources and blueprints, and I'm, I'm looking to do, jump through the hoops that the game wants me to do to upgrade my weapons and get better weapons. I get it. There's a there's a uh, kind of a carrot on the stick approach to this gameplay of like, oh, well, now you can have, you know, fire weapons and burn the zombies or now you can combine fire with lightning and, you know, take out a group of zombies a lot faster by spreading fire to them or whatever the case may be. And I'm definitely at a point now where I am mowing down zombies at a much faster rate than I was at the start. Uh, specifically because I'm combining elements of electricity with fire with, you know, I'm poisoning the zombies, so, or, or, you know, whatever, and I'm getting much, you know, powerful weapons that really cut through zombies a lot faster, you know, blunt objects that, you know, bust through zombies a lot faster. Like, I'm getting there with this game. But man, 12 hours in, um... And I feel like I'm, I'm just starting to, like, scratch the surface of this game. Um, I just wish that I had more fun up until this uh, this kind of 12-hour mark. The other thing with the game, I'll say from a progression standpoint, is if you ever played uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you'll know that they um, limit the amount of stamina um, and health that the character uh, that Link has. And the only way to upgrade that is to find, you know, these... Um, shrines in the open world and these shrines are little puzzle you know dungeons that you kind of run around in sometimes it's beat up and you know kill these enemies sometimes it's you know complete these physics puzzles and all this stuff and there's nothing quite like that in dying light 2 that i've seen in terms of like you know puzzles quite like that but when you beat the shrines in legend of zelda you get this item um and once you collect enough of the items you can basically upgrade your health or upgrade your stamina once so um in dying light you know your health is attributed to how much damage you can take but also uh what type of uh you know attacks you can do so you need to have 140 health to do the drop kick or you need to have 140 stamina to do the wall running and you upgrade your stamina uh so you upgrade your um uh, parkour and combat ability separately so anytime you attack you're you know you're leveling up anytime you parkour you're leveling up but you still need these this one item that can either be filtered into stamina or health to upgrade so i put my shit into stamina i was like dude i'm trying to run like i'm i'm fucking bruce springsteen motherfucker i am born to run i'm gonna run around these zombies i'm going to duck dodge dive dip dodge past this whole apocalypse but i really wanted the drop kick the drop kick was one of my favorite parts of the last game so now I'm kind of at this point where I have to like run around and find these items, these hard to find rare items just to upgrade my abilities, even though I have done enough combat encounters um, 
in the game that I could level up my dropkick if I wanted to, or I can unlock the dropkick if I wanted to. I just can't because I need this extra item. So it just seems like they're really making you jump through a decent amount of hoops in this game to level up your character and and progress and all that stuff. And and that's where I've I've struggled a little bit with Dying Light 2. I feel like now having put you know 12 hours in, uh, I'm feeling more confident. I feel like even if I were to upgrade a lot slower um, going forward, um, I feel like the abilities and the power that I currently have um, will make the game more enjoyable, might even make it a little bit easier. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts on Dying Light 2. You know, they talk about this 500-hour game, and I don't know... I still don't know if I'm going to put 70 hours into it. I don't know if I'm going to play it as much as I played Dying Light 1. If you were to, like, put a gun to my head, I would say that by the time I'm done with Dying Light 2, I'll have probably put a similar amount of time into Dying Light 2 as I did 1. But maybe I put more. Um... There definitely seems to be enough game that I don't need to buy any of their expansions or any of their extra story stuff. I know that they are selling um, a couple of expansion passes. They're selling one expansion pass for 30 bucks or the ultimate upgrade for 56. It's a lot of money for a game that's already 80 bucks. If you ask me. Plus, they've already announced that, um, you know, they're going to do free updates and stuff like that for at least five years so we'll we'll see where where things are at with dying light 2 as i play it maybe we'll do some some check-ins with dying light 2 and stuff like that every now and then but uh so far the story hasn't really grabbed me um the world hasn't really grabbed me their their sense of player choice and uh and characters and just the interactions with the the story moments haven't really um blow me away but i like cutting zombies heads off i like looting shit i like running around I, I like i like a lot of what the game has to offer it's just that a lot of the trappings and a lot of the other stuff that uh you know the game surrounds itself in um either actively gets in the way of my enjoyment in some cases or at the very least uh leaves a lot to be desired that being said i would still say overall i have been enjoying my time with Dying Light 2. It has just been with a significant amount of caveats um, that, you know, I definitely don't have for something like um, Gardens of the Galaxy. Obviously, it's a very different game. You know, Dying Light 2 is an open world game. You can ignore the story um, more or less as much as you wanted or engage with it at your own pace. Whereas with something like Guardians of the Galaxy, very linear. Uh, but at least in that scenario, I feel like the choices matter, like the, the, the story and the character interactions matter. I could not care less about what I'm experiencing in the story of Dying Light 2 so far. Um, for this week, just want to give a quick update. Uh, we have played through Season 1, Episode 4 of Tell Tales Batman. That is up on the YouTube channel. Um, uh, it will be up now. Actually, it is up now, so... If you want to see what we're up to in Batman, go check that out. Scared Out of My Wits is going to be up at 10 a.m. on Saturday, making a decent amount of progress in Resident Evil 2. I'm actually pretty happy with the progress I've been making in Resident Evil 2. Um, turns out if you just read your notebook, if you just look at the notes and the hints and the guides that the game provides you, 
Um, you'd be amazed at how far you can get and uh, stuff like that. I will do a stream tomorrow. We'll do a stream Friday morning. Not too sure what we're going to do yet. Not too sure what we're going to play. Um, maybe we'll mess around with multiverses. I don't know. I keep saying we're going to mess around with multiverses and then I just mess around and play with it on my own. Maybe we'll play some Dying Light 2. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but that is that. I want to say thank you so much for checking out this show. This show, the Nitwit Show, is available on Twitch. It is available on YouTube. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can check me out all over the internet. The inter the nit the the nit er, mm. you can find me all over the internet at g n i t t w i t t Twitch Twitter YouTube Instagram all of that stuff Nitwit all over the internet or you can go to linktree.com slash g n i t t w i t t we're gonna experiment with uh, something for the next uh, show or two. Um, I'm looking for listener questions. I'm looking for listener, you know, emails, questions, comments, concerns about games, the gaming world, whatever you want to talk about. You can ask me questions about wrestling if you wanted to. Um, not too sure uh, how much stuff we'll, we'll get to next week, but I wanted to let you know that if you wanted to leave me a question, comment, or concern to be read, to be commented on, on the show, email nitwit at gmail.com. It is that easy. G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T at gmail.com. I will read that. I will answer questions, comments, concerns uh, once I get to them. Hopefully, I remember to check that email by the time the next show gets around. But anyways, please send me your questions. Send me your comments. Send me your concerns. And I will try to address them on this show as it relates to gaming, wrestling, Whatever. We did talk a lot about wrestling today, but I guess that's just the nature of the beast. And that's going to do it for the show today. I have been Nitwit. Thank you so much for listening, hanging out, and supporting the show. And we will see you all again next week for more of the Nitwit Show. Take it easy.